Luaney! 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 Omaha! Live! You like that? You like that? In the entertainment capital of the world. Rogers. In trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Richard Rogers with a walk-off touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Play action. Awesome time. Deep shot for Parker. Time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Oh my goodness, the legend just goes on. The doctor is now in. How you like me now? 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 And welcome. It is a football Friday slash a basketball Friday. We are live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. T.C. Martin Show, our Friday home here. No better place to be on the strip than the cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Whether it's food, beverage, sports, great time, gaming, all here for you here at the Cosmopolitan. Brian Benowitz in the house, our VP of Casino Operations, our gracious host, hockey guru, college football guru, and sporting the UCLA Bruins today. Go Bruins. Should, should we bust out the fight song? I think we should. Because now that we've got Brian Benowitz, Frank Harnish in the house, but Tracy Murray, also the NBA champion himself, 12-year NBA veteran, and the UCLA sharpshooter. UCLA Hall of Famer, too, right? No. Not yet? I'm still on the outside looking in. No, we got to go ballot on that. Okay. Yeah, that's only a matter of time. That's it. <laughs> Tracy Murray, glad to have you here, my friend. We usually get you on the phone. We get you in person maybe during the NBA Summer League or when the Pac-12 tournament's in town. But... Uh, here we are in October, man, NBA Finals, and you're in the house with us today. I appreciate you being here, brother. Well, thanks for having me here. Thanks for always having me on your show. It's always a blast. Thank you. There it is. All right. One of our, our key team members, Tracy Murray, uh, covering the college and the NBA side for us. So we've got a lot to do, a lot to talk about. Our best bet segment coming your way. We'll pick our three best college games, three best NFL games a little bit later on. So hang tight for that. And uh, for the most part, guys, been doing pretty well. On the best bets, been representing here, so I know people out here taking notes. Chicago Joe made the drive here today, rooting for those Cubbies, and he wants some best bets. But uh, also, we got some breaking news here today, Brian, that the Vegas Golden Knights have unveiled a third jersey. Yeah, it's uh, it looks pretty nice. It's very very shiny uh, in the gold metallic, and uh, looking forward to going up to uh, City National taking a taking a look at it. You know, you know I'm a merch guy, so I'm going to buy a couple. <laughs> you are. And the only question is, I mean, whose jersey are you buying? You doing a blank one? You doing a, putting your own number on the back? Well, I, I, what I, are believe, you doing? I believe they're giving one to the season ticket uh, guy, so I'll decide on that one. But I'm definitely going to get a stone jersey. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to get stone lined up. I, I really like his game, and uh, I think he's going to be here for a long time. Signed a, an eight-year deal, and I think he's going to win the C this year. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, and he's a Winnipeg guy, so always good. <laughs> of course. <laughs> there you go. All right. We got a little Team Canada here today. Tracy yeah. played, you know, time with uh, with the Raptors. Oh, yeah, three yeah. years. There oh, you yeah. go. Three years there. There you go. Even though the uh, the fans really didn't know how to respond to a lot of those games early on. <laughs> yeah. And, and and we came on, like, their version of SportsCenter, and we were the last one for two <laughs> seconds that they showed on the news. <laughs> Curling was before us, but that was okay. <laughs> it was okay. Curling is huge. <laughs> Very big up there, yes. <laughs> Ballpark Frank, what's going on, my friend? What do you think of the Golden Knights, New Jersey? Well, you know, I mean, I think it looks okay. I want to see it up close and live because things always look a little different than they do in pictures. But only in Vegas can you have a, a jersey where Wayne Newton, Mr. Las Vegas, and Lil John 
do a little version of Viva Las Vegas to intro the jersey, and then they have specials. The first 777 people that buy the jersey, they get a little collective box with it. For $777, you can get a jersey, a coin, and a pair of shoes. For $498, you can get a jersey with the collector's coin. So lots of different things. I guess there's quite a line over at the Arsenal right down the street right now to pick up the new jersey. Uh, people have been waiting for it a long time, and now it's here, and they're going crazy over it. You know, and, and hats off to the Vegas Golden Knights. They were all over the community yesterday uh, uh, with the, uh, the uh, remembrance, well, the remembrance of 10-1. And, right, and sure. uh, yeah. they really did a, a great splash in the city. They've been uh, stalwarts in the community. And now to unveil something the day after to, to kind of give the, 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 the people of Las Vegas a little excitement for the next season, it's a great move. It's Vegas. they got to go all yeah. out, man. Yeah. they yeah. got to get some new flashy uniforms to go with their play, you know. That's right. But do we need to go with the 777? I mean, do we really need to keep, keep <laughs> playing on all this? There was like in the gambling, the slot machine aspect. Well, you're sitting in the Cosmopolitan. We've had we offer a few slot machines here. That was a pretty big number. And, and plus, in the video, when you're using the slot machine as part of the intro to it, then yeah, yeah you're going to go with We're it. We're going to go with it, right? All right. And we've got to remember, you know, Tracy is a part-time Las Vegas resident. Perfect. You know, and actually, during COVID, he's been a full-time <laughs> resident. Oh yeah, I've been laying low here. Yeah, for, for a while. Yeah. All right. Glad to have you here today. Let's talk a little NBA Finals. We got Game Number Two tonight between the Heat and the Lakers. Uh, game one featured the biggest turnaround in 50 years in the NBA Finals. A 43-point swing in favor of the Lakers. Miami looked like they were just picking up where they left off uh, early on, Tracy. I mean, they've really been the hottest team coming into the Finals. They got a little bit of banged up in, in game number one. They built a 13-point lead, and all of a sudden the Lakers flipped the switch, and then they won going away, winning by 18. Uh, Give me your thoughts on, on game one of the NBA Finals. Well, my thoughts was Miami's new to the final situation when, with this particular team. Mm -hmm. And everybody's excited. It was Jimmy Butler's first time in the finals. So guys are feeding off of his energy. So they're excited. That's why they jump out to this quick double-digit lead. Mm -hmm. But now the veterans who've been there before, you know, because there's a lot of guys that have a ring on the Lakers, mm -hmm. that, you know, and they're this poised there. Mm -hmm. They relax. They slowly get into the game. Then a couple guys go down with Dragic and, and, and um, uh, the big guy. I mean, when they go out of bio, out of yeah. bio when, yeah. you, when, when you have got guys going down like that, that's a big blow. That's the reason for the major turnaround. So when you look at it, what Miami's done, I know a lot of people thought, okay, this team is pretty hot. They could give the Lakers a run because we saw the Lakers go through some, some lulls, but they really turned it on there against Denver you know, in the last few games. Um, when you look at moving forward with Miami, we know it's only one game, but this this seems bigger than a one-game-to-none lead when you consider the way the Lakers dominated, especially in the second half of Game 1, and you add the injuries that Miami has. Do you feel that, that this series is, is basically already over after one game? We talked about the sport curling, right? Yes. Where, you know, you use the broom and you start sweeping? Yeah, yeah. I had it being a four or five game win anyways. Now you add these injuries, I think it's a sweep. Wow. How, how were you as, as far as the sweeping and the curling? Were you, were you the uh, the roller, the sweeper? What's your role there, man? I'm the guy on the side that's talking. <laughs> I'm the guy, yeah, sweep harder, sweep harder, harder. Yeah, he's enjoying, yeah. he's uh, enjoying the Caesar on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah doing all work on the side. <laughs> doing all work, all right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little too cold out there on that ice. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I spent many time at the Green Bay Curling Club, let me tell you guys. 
<laughs> Seriously, right across the street from Lambeau Field. Yeah. I, went, I went a couple times. Listen, I've done the curling. It's, it's a lot of fun. Well, yeah, you've done the curling. You've yeah. been on skates. Tracy and I, we're not getting on those skates. Yeah, no. get on the skates. We're right. that. I've seen Frank on the skates, too. Hey, listen, we're bringing no, you no, no, you didn't. I didn't wear skates those days. I'm not wearing <laughs> skates anymore. So. But the first time I put ice skates on, I had my baseball glove and my winter coat, and I went and played goalie for my friends because they needed a goaltender. So <laughs> I used to be kind of nuts when I was younger. You can't give me a roller skate, so you're going to put me on ice skates? TC. Oh, by the way, they don't, wear, they don't wear ice skates during curling. No. They just wear the regular shoes that they skate on. That's right. right? You have a shoe and then they you have one that slides and, and then they sticks. throw the stones. <laughs> Which, by the way, those stones, a lot of people may not know, those stones have different weights on them as well. There's it. Curling uh, stones, that's what it's called. Yes, the stones stay uh, there, that's right. You don't bring them back. How, how we, uh, see what you did to us? You put us in the curling stay here. <laughs> and they, actu they actually have curling classes at the Las Vegas Ice Center on Flamingo. Are so. you kidding me? No, I'm not. <laughs> you are not on all in with curling, aren't you? And breaking news from the Cosmopolitan, we are going to have the ice rink this year, starting November 18th. Ooh. So uh, oh, yeah. that's excited to offer that back to the community. We'll have a lot of social distancing yeah. you know, and restrict the people that are on the ice, but it'll be a lot of fun because... You know, uh, people in Las Vegas enjoy that uh, during the holidays. Yeah, so. and, and this guy actually has skates in his office, and he's always the first one on the ice up there to test it out. Well, I took him home to get sharpened, so I'll be ready to take <laughs> it on. <laughs> they don't have any in my size. <laughs> 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 All right, let's look at game two tonight. So, NBA Finals, we got game number two. The Lakers, a huge favorite in this one. They're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. That's uh, huge. Yeah, yeah, it is. Nine, nine, nine is pretty big, uh, especially considering game uh, one was, was three and a half or four. Like Twenty-nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, man? You're saying foregone conclusion? What, what do you? Jimmy Butler says, "Hey, you know, I, a lot was on him on his shoulders. He said he's going to bounce back. He's going to lead this team. He doesn't care about the injuries." What are your thoughts? What What can Miami do uh, to turn this thing around tonight, or can they? They can't, but my, my thing is they have nothing to lose in all the game. You have guy, key guys hurt. I, I thought with, with Dragic out there, I mean, you at least have somebody that can penetrate, break the defense down, draw a crowd and make a play for your teammates. And Jimmy Butler can just be the scorer and the defender. And then Duncan Robinson, the hero, can shoot jump shots. But if you don't have that guy breaking the defense down and drawing people, those guys are not going to get open shots. And then where do you get? A donut from Duncan Robinson. Right. Because there's no one to create for him. He's easy to guard if you just stay close. Right. But a hero, he's going to have to really step his game up if Miami has a chance. All right. Game two tonight, guys going to be watching or what? Game two tonight, I will decide if I'm going to watch later on tonight. You know, we'll see what's happening here. <laughs> How weird is this, though? Here yeah. we are, you know, early October, and we're getting the NBA Finals. We've been in this bubble situation. I know that you weren't probably watching too much of it you know, during the regular season, but how much playoff basketball have you been following, and has the bubble uh, either made you not want to watch it or more intrigued to watch it? Well, I was just happy to have basketball back. Yeah. And, and then, you know, a couple of big games and, and a couple of emerging stars from the bubble that wouldn't normally play that well with the lights on and people in the stands. You know, now it's like a practice to those guys. So you have guys stepping up and knocking down shots that wouldn't normally do so with, with fans in the stands. So it made it really interesting. It was interesting to see how hard everybody was playing in the bubble. There's no advantage in the bubble. So that, that's another thing that made me watch and really tune in to what was going on. Now what it comes down to is who's healthy and who has the best team and 
That's the Lakers right now. We know there's not going to be an asterisk on this championship, but do you, do you feel that um, you know this could be tainted a little bit, especially if the Lakers win and LeBron gets an, a, another trophy here? Well, they always talk about the San Antonio 1999 championship. Right. They put an asterisk by that one. Yeah, it's going to be an asterisk by this one, but what can you do? You can't control what happens in the world, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're just happy to have the sport back right now. And it, But, yeah, we're happy to have sports, period, back right, right. now. Right. That's something that everybody missed. Right. Yeah, you got to stop and, and admire these athletes who, who had their season completely stopped, mm -hmm. both in the NBA and the uh, WNBA and the NHL, and they were able to pick it back up and – the league's provided a safe environment for them to play, and, uh, you know, they're giving it their all. So uh, you're the, the, the last person standing is your winner. Yeah. And so who, no matter who it is, they're still going to get a ring. They're going to get their, their banners, That's and uh, they absolutely deserve it. Yeah, you also have to credit the athletes for keeping themselves in shape, being yeah. professional, being ready to go when it was time to go. Because that's a, that's a hard situation, knowing that it's a possibility of not – you're being told you're not going to play for the rest of the year. And then they say, okay, we might play in a couple of months. There's a couple guys, like, I, I know everybody laughed about Jared Dudley, the way he came out there. He was out of shape. Yeah. Most people, you know, would have shutting it down. I mean, there are guys that continue to keep grinding, and you have to tip your hat to those guys that stayed in shape. Tracy Murray joined us, former NBA champion himself, pride of UCLA, joined us here live at the Cosmopolitan on Fridays. We're talking a little NBA finals. You and I have talked about this before. You've, you've been on with us a lot during this pandemic, and uh, it's been a rough year. It's been a rough year Absolutely. for sports, rough year for everybody, rough year for the basketball community, rough year for you personally. Mm -hmm. And uh, specifically, I'm talking about Kobe Bryant. I know how close that you guys were. Uh, when you see the Lakers in the finals without Kobe on the court, obviously we know, you know he was retired anyway, but not even in the arena and that sort of thing. Give us some, some reflection on, on Kobe Bryant and what this has been like for you personally. It just seems like all hell broke loose right around that time. You had Commissioner Stern go, you had Kobe go, and then all of a sudden here's the COVID. Everything just exploded all at one time. And to, to see what has occurred and what is continuing to occur, yes, we have some things back, but we're not, all, we're not even close to being all the way back. A lot of us have lost jobs. A lot of us haven't come, in, haven't come back from that. You know, and, and you've got to look in a, in a bigger sense. It's, it's bigger than sports. It's all, everything that's happening in the world right now, we just, I just, you know, we all, we want our, the old world back. And, and, and moving forward is just a big question mark. And I just hope that everybody with the question mark in their head is moving forward with a positive uh, outcome in their minds to try to move forward in, in, in harmony. You know, we're talking a lot about the NBA Finals, and certainly it, I agree with you. I think that it could be wrapping up. I think the Lakers might even have more incentive to try to uh, make a sweep because I think they want to get out of the bubble because they've been in there so long. Mm -hmm. So they want to wrap this up, celebrate the championship. But with next season, we don't know exactly when it's going to start. How does the NBA approach that? Because I know there's been a lot of talk about the NHL is looking at starting January 1st. The NBA has been talking about maybe starting in December. But can the NBA sustain it with no fans in the stands if they have to start out? Because there's been a lot of talk that the NHL, because they don't have the giant contracts that the NFL and NBA have, that they might even have to start later if they can't have fans. What do you see happening with the NBA? Because we know it's going to be a short turnaround before next season starts. 
That's a great question because if there's no fans, there's no us. So they're going to have to start implementing fans in the arenas at some point for all of the sports to last. Um, if it's going to go another year or two without fans, the sports, sports world is going to die. We, we need fans. I, I know the value of fans. I appreciate the fans. I love the fans because if, if it wasn't for fans, none of us would be able to provide for our families. And that's, the, that's where it is. I mean, we are going to work. It's not just a sport anymore. We are working. That's our jobs. So we need fans in order to do our job. So and, hopefully, and hopefully they implement it soon where the fans can come in in a safe manner. Yeah, and obviously the bubble works great for the NHL. It's been working for the NBA. But there's no way that you can even consider anything like that for the regular season. No, no. I mean, and, and you don't know what everybody's doing outside of the bubble if they're being responsible. And then they're coming inside your world. So, yes, yeah, you can manage a bubble. You can't manage that situation. You just got to hope and pray that fans can come back. And everybody's being responsible to where no one's affecting the, each other. Speaking of that, we saw you know the Clippers it probably led to their downfall. Uh, people leaving the bubble, or people <laughs> bringing bringing people or females into the bubble yeah. there. And uh, you know, I know that for some NBA players and a lot of athletes, they feel that's their rite of passage. You know, bringing uh, you know you know people in and them going out and about and the sort of thing. And and some of these guys are still in their early to mid twenties. Mm -hmm. They just don't have the discipline for that. So when you look at the Clippers situation, I want to get your take about Doc Rivers. We'll spin that in there as well, too, out as the Clippers coach and now in as the Sixers coach where he signed a five-year deal last night. Uh, talk a little bit about that Clippers situation and how much of the bubble was that much of an effect because it seemed while we were waiting to get in play, the Clippers were working out. We heard all these great things. that They were going to be the favorites. The Clippers was built to win this year. They, they, they were equipped to beat the Lakers because, and, and I was looking at it this way too, whoever comes out of the West is going to win the world championship this year. So the Clippers were equipped to beat the Lakers. They just weren't focused as the Lakers. Um, the guys that are on the Clippers, you, you know, you had load management. Everybody talk about chemistry with the Clippers. If everybody's not playing, you have no chemistry. If everybody's not practicing, you have no chemistry. You don't know each other's tendencies. So when you get Pleasure. into a situation where, you know, you're dependent on teammates and you have no chemistry and no cohesion, it's because, okay, Montrez loses his grand grandmother and he has to go out of the bubble for a funeral. Patrick Beverly's hurt. Kawhi and Paul George hurt in and, you know, in and out of the lineup all year. Lou Will leaves the bubble. It's like when you have all of this stuff going on, how can you have the chemistry to be the Laker team that's together and they're doing everything together and they're being disciplined? The only one that didn't make it to the bubble was Avery, Avery Bradley, which was an important piece. But they still found a way to get everybody else there stay on the same page stay disciplined do everything together that's the difference so what happens it leads to doc rivers firing or mutual right. you know uh parting and I, I think you know from 
when you're built to win this year and you don't win this year, then it applies so much pressure on the head coach. And it's not even his fault because he's got to put a game plan together and they have to go out and execute. And if they don't execute it, the casualty is the coach because they pay him millions to the players. So you know, you're an that's L- what it is. You're an L.A. guy. I know that situation pretty well. With Stephen Ballmer being the new owner and he wants to win now, um, he's, he's, a, he's a competitive guy mm-hmm. uh, professionally and everything. What was that relationship like with him and Doc Rivers? I assume they were good. You know, I don't think, you know, it's, nothing's ever personal in that business. You know, it's, it's, they feel like that they need to make a move. As I say again, they were built to win this year. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with the players moving forward. Um, you know, Kawhi and, and Paul George is going to be there. You know, what's going to happen with, with the rest of the guys? Are they going to be able to keep the team together for one more year to, to – for, for whoever the coach is to move forward and see if they can do it again? Or will some guys be like, ah, oh, this year put a sour taste in my mouth and I'm going to move on? So it, it really depends on, on what are they going to rededicate themselves and come back to the table or are they going to make moves? You know, he wasn't out of work for very long, signed a five-year deal with the Philadelphia 76ers yesterday. What do you think that fit is like with Rivers and the Sixers? It's kind of similar. You got talent. You have guys that are hurt or, you know, not fully committed or whatever the problem is with them. But he's going to have to come in and and, and circle the wagons and and, and get those guys going in the right direction. So, you know, uh, I mean, he's going to have to get healthy Simmons back and get him on the page with Embiid, and Embiid's going to have to stay healthy. So, I mean, he's got his work cut out for him in Philly with those young guys. You know, a lot of people, it seems like their careers are defined or set in a lot of people's minds, certainly in the media, on how they perform in the playoffs. Do you think that's fair? Because LeBron's always being compared to Jordan and Kobe and the other players that were before him. And then you take guys like Kawhi Leonard, who a lot of people had right up there, and then this year he didn't perform as well. And then you take a guy like George, who has been kind of a disappointment in the playoffs, and now some people are saying bad things about him. Obviously, the playoffs are where you want to get to, and that's where you want to win. But do you think too much is put on there? Do you think it's justified because people look at playoff success as NBA success? Well, this, this is the thing. Everybody wants to get paid max deals. So if you get paid max deals or get max money, then you got to bring a championship or you got to perform at high levels during the playoffs and championships. And that's the unfortunate deal that you have to deal with when you're talking about performing and you don't perform and you catch the criticism it's because of the money you make so knowing that that's part of it I'm sure the guys understand they're paying me this amount of money I didn't perform so I'm going to have to step it up next year and perform at a high level so I don't take this criticism again so it, it, it all comes with the territory when it comes to making that type of money all right, NBA Finals, game number two tonight, Lakers and the Heat. Lakers win convincingly in game one by 18 points. Uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Tip it off a little bit after uh, 6.30. We've got a WNBA game and the Las Vegas Aces. Let's go Aces. It, yeah, that's right. Las Vegas Aces in action in the WNBA Finals for the first time against the Seattle Storm. You have the top two seeds here. Tracy, I know you're a basketball fan too. How closely have you been watching the WNBA? I've been keeping an eye on the Aces. Yeah. Um, there you go. They're, they're without... 
my, my daughter Liz Cambage. You know, I call <laughs> her my daughter. I, I coached her in Tulsa when she was a, a youngster. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was on that staff. So she was a youngster. The, the, the rest shock. of the team, yeah, yeah the, the rest of the team used to call her my daughter because I used to work with her every day. And, you know, we're both kind of similar looking. So, so I always joke with her. But um, if they had had her, it would have been ideal. They're, they're going to be in for a fight with Seattle because Brianna Stewart is unbelievable. She's a little bit better looking than you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you guys look similar. I got to tell you, I've seen you both. I'm, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about skin tone. I'm not talking about looks like that. Yeah, she's a beautiful girl. <laughs> All right, Aces and the Storm, game one tonight, best of five WNBA finals at 4 o'clock ESPN2 as a coverage. All right, when we come back, we'll uh, talk a little football, highlight some of the key NFL games. Our best bets coming your way a little bit later. It is the Cosmopolitan here on a Friday, the T.C. Martin Show. Glad to have you with us. Back to more nonstop sports talk with the Dr. T.C. Martin. Friday at the Cosmopolitan, our home. Come on out and join us each and every Friday, 2 o'clock. And, of course, in studio, Monday through Thursday, 2 o'clock right here. Always streaming live at tcmartinshow.com. Tracy Murray is in the house today, the 12-year NBA veteran, the NBA champion, the sharpshooter from UCLA. He joins us, Brian Benowitz from the Cosmopolitan and Ballpark. Frank Numchuk making it happen here. Earthquake back in the studio. Appreciate you guys, as always. Best bets coming your way a little bit later on, but we've got some NFL to talk about. But before we leave the whole basketball uh, talk, Tracy, you uh, do a fantastic job on the UCLA Bruins basketball network. I know people here at UNLV uh, are anxious for football to come back. Pac-12 football's coming back, so we're, we're getting all of that. But uh, basketball's been kind of quiet on the front. What have you been hearing as far as the resumption or when the college basketball season will get underway? Well, I don't know about the whole season. I just know that UCLA is supposed to be back around November 28th. Uh, they've already started some practices and some workouts and stuff like that. Um, so that, that's, that's the most I know about it. So I'll, I'm going to have to start uh, getting back across that 15 around November, late November right. to do my job. So that's, that's what I'm being told so far. I, I mean, I, I hear what you hear, TC. It's very, very quiet on the uh, yeah. college basketball front. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was the first sport to go away. I mean, we were getting ready for March Madness. The tournaments were getting well, ready to happen. You were here. I was here. The you tournaments were, here were getting ready to happen. You called the first game, right? And it, you were getting ready to call the first game. I was getting ready to call the first game. And it, it, that's where everything stopped. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, it was where people really had a realization that, hey, this is, this is the real deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you don't have a, 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 a March Madness, which a lot of us enjoy. <laughs> it's about as great an event as, as you can have as a sports fan. Absolutely. Um, and, and really, it, it'd be fantastic if we're celebrating that this March where it's the return to some extent with fans or to some extent have a hoops and hops here that we could do com- uh, competitive, or safely for our guests. And, uh, you know, that, that would be a real testament if, if by end of March we're, you know, kind of back at it. All right. Yeah, my wife was refereeing the game over at the Orleans within the, I think it was the WAC tournament. Right. Um, And she did her game, and then the game came on after them, and somebody was sick in the back with a a fever, and then they just shut that game down. They didn't stay in the hotel, so they just shut the whole game down. Before you know it, the whole tournament was canceled. So my wife ended up going home that night because no more games here. And I, was say, I said, okay, I'm going to stick around because, you know, our game is tomorrow. And then I wake up in the morning, and then you see 
conferences just shutting down their tournaments on ESPN. I was like, oh, wow, it's like it's, it's about to be done. Yeah, I remember we had you on the show, I think, that day or the, the very next day, and mm-hmm. it was like we were all trying to figure this out to, together here. And yeah. I remember that the Big East was playing, yep. and they were the last they ones to shut it down. Yeah. They, they played half of a game. Yeah, so. it was the, the writing was on the wall at that point. We kind of watched it here in Las Vegas yeah. as people were exiting the city, and yeah. then we knew that lockdown was going to happen. And uh, a few days later, I think on uh, uh, March 17th, that was yeah. it. The city was shut down. Right. Yeah, and I have a feeling, too, that college basketball is trying to play it smart right now because they saw what happened with football. We had some conferences say they were going to play, then others that weren't. Now we know that the Big Ten and Pac-12 are going to play, so it was kind of a big mess that they made there. I think right now they don't want to tip their hand because they're in a wait-and-see mode. They want to kind of be on the same page a little bit because they don't want that same fiasco of, okay, well, this conference is playing, this one's not, this one might, this one's thinking about it. It's like, I mean, let's face it, football, we're all glad to have it back, but it was kind of a mess, and we still don't know exactly what's going on. I think basketball is being smart right now by not tipping their hand and playing the wait-and-see game as long as they can. And basketball is an inside sport. Football is an outside sport, so they probably feel like we have less to worry about. Uh, you know, because of open air and all. That's why, I mean, there hasn't been any problems really in golf that much, and baseball's been been moving pretty good. So I I think they approached it differently than basketball, Mm -hmm. being being an inside sport where everything is under a roof. So um, I'm I'm really surprised. I'm not surprised that the, the power conferences back east or down south continue to, to go with football because that's their money maker. That's that's what they're known for. Basketball, that's more of an ACC, a Pac-12, you know. Now now it's time to sit back and really watch what's going to happen. Right. So we hope not, not surprised it got going in football, though. Yep. All right. So we see what happens. Okay. Well, speaking of a mess, guys, it is a mess in Chicago right now. The Chicago Cubs Uh-oh. have just been eliminated by the Miami Marlins. Uh-oh. Uh, they got the brooms out there at Wrigley Field, unfortunately. Uh, 2-0 sweep. Uh, their game was rained out yesterday, and uh, the Cubs have been eliminated. Uh, they had home home field advantage. It didn't matter. They couldn't score any runs. They got shut out today 2-0. Miami uh, put a couple runs together. I believe it was in the top of the six, two runs, and that was enough. And uh, the Cubs, they, they went down swinging and Unfortunately, uh, we, we've seen this before with, with the Cubs. Curling in Chicago, is that what you're saying? Curling in Chicago with a sweep. Exactly. Uh, they're focused on the Bears now, right? The 3-0 oh. Bears? Uh, they're definitely focused on the Bears oh. right now. I mean, we know that the Hawks got eliminated. shouldn't even have been in the playoffs. The Bulls have struggled ever since yeah. MJ and Scottie Pippen left town. So mm-hmm. right now the Bears are off to a nice start. But, yeah, the Cubs and Sox, they both look like they might have decent years. But now baseball is over for Chicago right, right. now for this year. But, um. The Cubs, they, they, they couldn't hit, and you know, kind of like the Vegas Golden Knights in hockey out here. You can't score a goal, you can't win a game. If you can't score runs, you can't win. Darvish pitched a really good game. He made a mistake in the seventh inning, gave up the home run. It rattled them. Then they got the insurance run as well, and then Florida shut them down. I know they say hindsight's 20-20, but while watching the start of that game, they mentioned before that game, the Cubs batted 195 against pitches that were 95 miles an hour or more, which every team has all over the place now. The lowest batting average in baseball. The Cubs have to start getting some guys that can hit the fastball 
And they can do it occasionally here and there, but they don't do it with consistency. They need more of a consistent offense. You can't always count on that three-run home run, especially when you can't catch up with the pitch. Yeah, and the rookie that uh, the Marlins sent out there today, this 22-year-old kid, he was throwing gas. He was uh, at 95, 96, 97 all day today. So uh, Cubs fans, uh, we're sorry. Chicago Joe, he's in the house here today. He's got a World Series hat, though. I mean, they did just win. 2016. There yeah. you go. They did win. They did win. But, uh, yeah, you're right, we, Nobody thought we'd see it, and they South, did win. Southsiders went out yesterday. The Northsiders went out today. Yeah, and, and when it comes to that kid, Sanchez pitching for the, the Marlins today, too. I mean, he's a kid. He was he reached 100 a couple times in the first inning. Yeah. He had his good stuff. And they say that a lot of youngsters, they were afraid with how the rain delay of yesterday getting ready to pitch and then not pitching with a young pitcher. They said his manager said that he just went, okay, get an extra day of rest and said, tell me what time the game starts tomorrow. Because remember, they were going to play either in the afternoon or maybe tonight. He said that he didn't have a care in the world, and he dedicated the game to his grandmother who recently passed away from COVID. In fact, if you saw the start of that game, he actually wrote her name on the pitcher's mound, then picked up the dirt, kissed it, and put it next to his heart. When you have that kind of motivation and you're that young and talented in that, he was ready to have a good game. And he had one, and the Cubs couldn't catch up with it. And once the Marlins scored, you kind of knew it was over. One more game on uh, the docket here before the next round is set, and that is the Cardinals and the Padres. Cardinals jumped out to a 4 nothing lead, then a 6-2 lead. Padres came storming back. We saw plenty of bat flips, <laughs> and what a crazy game that was. Is there but, an over-under in the book for how many bat flips we're going to see tonight? Uh, two and a half, I think. Yeah, it's on the board right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the, the Cardinals and the Padres, winner goes on, loser is done. And then our next round of the playoffs, and we start getting to the American League and National League Division Series, those will be best of five. So uh, that'll be interesting because we're going to go bubble with baseball for the first time. How crazy is this? Where those series will be played in Los Angeles and San Diego. So hard to figure. We'll see what happens. All right, guys, let's get back to some football uh, real quick. The Raiders, they are back at home. Let's go. Against Buffalo. Go, go, Buffalo. Or there's oh. plenty of Buffalo fans out here as oh, well, too. Raiders. But uh, Buffalo is favored by three against the Raiders. The Raiders, that disappointing performance against the Patriots last week. Mm-hmm. The Raiders, they have problems on defense. We saw it last year. We're seeing it through the first three games uh, so far this year. But they are 2-1. and one. Tracy, give me your thoughts about uh, what you've seen with John Gruden and the Raiders. Well, it's just what you said. You know, the problem is on the defensive side of the ball, and defense wins championships. And until you can address that side, only expect so much, you know. Yeah, yeah they have a lot of trouble stopping the run. We talked about this game at length last week. It was one of my best picks was the Patriots, right. even though I'm a season ticket Raider fan these days and I still like to see him and I wish we could go to those games over in uh, Allegiant Stadium but uh, I think that uh, you're going to get motivated they've played some good teams in in, in successive weeks and now they get the 3-0 Bills to come in chance to bounce back at home the Bills got to travel I think it's a good spot for the Raiders yeah and of course when it comes to the Bills I mean they had that exciting game last weekend they are an improved team but they do have the young quarterback uh Maybe he gets behind, maybe he gets rattled a little bit, but certainly a team that uh, is on the rise in the Buffalo Bills, but the Raiders are as well. So, But I agree with uh, Brian. Uh, the, the Raiders have to learn to stop the run a little bit yeah. and force them to throw and maybe make Allen make an interception or throw get out of his comfort zone a little bit because Buffalo is a very quality team and they're getting better. But the Raiders looked great at home against New Orleans, so mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. I know home field isn't what it normally is. Right, right. right. But 
one thing I do know from playing in a new building, you have a new sense of pride and you yeah. want to defend that home field or home court. Uh, so hopefully they, they're taking that way, that uh, mindset when they're coming in, uh, into the game this, this evening. I mean, uh, this weekend, I'm right, sorry. Right, right. Buffalo, with that uh, crazy uh, game where they came back to beat the Rams, they built that 28-3 lead. Then the Rams scored 29 unanswered points. Looked like the Bills were dead, and then they had to convert, you know, fourth and 22, had some penalties go their way, and uh, Josh Allen, you know, led uh, the game-winning drive. They ended up beating the Rams by three. So uh, we'll see what happens, but the, the Bills have a little bit of momentum. But uh, I wouldn't count the Raiders out in this yeah, situation. I left I this off. Either. I left this off of my best bets, but I really could make an argument or a case to play the Raiders in this game. Yeah, I, I think the Raiders are the, are the are the side to play. I didn't use it as well because right. uh, you know you just don't know the emotional right. mindset. And I was uh, I was a little shocked at how uh, well Belichick was able to defend Waller. Uh, yeah. He was really non-existent in the game. Well, he was so dominant on, on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bills was a, was an unbelievable game. Of course, spread was two and a half. I had the Rams, so that was a disappointment. Um, a really bad pass interference call. I think everybody would agree with that late in the game, uh, which extended the drive on fourth and nine, I believe, and then Buffalo scored the next play. But uh, you got to hand it to Buffalo. They converted a third and 25 on that series. Uh, he got he got that weird penalty where he, he, faced, he got the face mask right. and still was able to get it done. So... You know, that's a gutty young team there, and uh, this should be a, a heck of a game. So Pro- very excited for Probably it. Probably the game of the week this week is the Patriots and the Chiefs. Yes. And the Chiefs are at home. They're favored by a touchdown. Maybe a large number, some people will think. And, again, the Chiefs have gotten the job done, but not not real convincing. And uh, the Patriots played very, very well last week. I mean, no question about it. I mean, you, you look at the way Kansas City did defeat Baltimore last week. Yeah. That, that was very, very impressive. So, uh, some people think that this could be a little bit high of a number. Uh, talk a little bit about Patriots Chiefs. Looking forward to this, and this will be your 125 game on CBS. Yeah, absolutely. What a game. Uh, Patriots getting seven. I can't remember the last time Belichick got seven points anywhere. Uh, his game plan was great. They got Burkhead running the ball strong. Yeah. Uh, Newton looked fantastic. Uh, they're a different team, uh, and this is a far different team than playing Baltimore. So I think this is a real tough spot for the Chiefs coming off of one less day of, of practice. So uh, I think it's a great spot to take the Patriots, maybe even on the money line. After the uh, game against Baltimore, we know that Kansas City had that circle, so they're going to have a little bit shorter week. So maybe this is a good spot for the Patriots. It's also a little bit of a role reversal because normally the Patriots are the team that everybody circles on their schedule because they want to beat because of their M.O. and how good they've been. But now the Chiefs are that new team. So, you know, the Chiefs know that every week they're going to get the best from everybody. When you know that everybody's going to bring their best, can you get up for your best every week against them? We know they did against Baltimore last week. You would think that they can against Belichick and the Patriots as well, especially being at home, but I'm never going to count Belichick out. We just mentioned how, you know, what a great job they did closing down the the offense and taking away the weapon. That's one thing Belichick's really good at. He can take away a team's best weapon. The difference is with the Chiefs, they have a lot of different weapons. Tracy, what do you think about Cam Newton so far? You know what, I, I haven't really seen him play yet. Um, I haven't really paid attention too much to football other than the Raiders. Um, Cam Newton needed a new spot, and sometimes when you go to a new spot and, and you're trying to uh, reestablish yourself as a, as a high-level quarterback, um, that that shot in the arm is all you need, uh, you know, especially after the injuries that he's had. Uh, so, so hopefully... You know, he, he's doing well, and he's happy with where he is, and, and hopefully he can regain that form. All right. Yeah, he seems totally rejuvenated to me. 
uh, after watching him the last couple of weeks. He's got a swagger back, uh, and Belichick's playing to his skills. And it just it's a nice to see him out there performing and smiling and having a good time right. and just making it happen. So, so uh, as many times have yeah. I been traded, you know, yeah. it's like sometimes you need that new energy, that new uh, experience or, or opportunity to to bring that back um, with an with a organization that believes in you. Um, sometimes you can wear your welcome out in, in where you were. You yeah, know. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, the other thing, too, about it is you mentioned Belichick. He seems like he's got a different pep in his step, too, because although he had su- incredible success with Tom Brady, he's got a different type of quarterback now, and he seems like he's really relishing with a different game plan and getting to utilize somebody who's got a very different skill set but a very good skill set when he's on his best game. It seems like Belichick's been rejuvenated by this as well. Well, it's new energy, new talent, uh, uh, different piece that you didn't have before that it's a new challenge mm-hmm. okay how can I get this piece to work in the same way as far as winning championships it may not be the, the same system or the same look but the same result so um, you, you, he, he's got a new challenge looking for the same result when it comes to a championship all right Tracy Murray in the house joining us here the part-time Las Vegas resident Tracy, we appreciate you uh, coming by today, hanging out with us, talking a little NBA Finals, WNBA, curling, and, uh, <laughs> and football. We covered it all here today. I mean, look at this, you know? You know? Yeah, man. you got to pull out your broom to start sweeping. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right, my man. Hey, appreciate you as always, man. You know, open invitation. You know, we're going to be calling on you quite a bit here, and uh, you know, especially as we approach the college basketball season. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you as always, brother. Always. Always fun. Thank you. There is Tracy Murray, the pride of UCLA, the NBA champion himself here at the Cosmopolitan Day. When we come back, it is time for our best bets. Hi, this is Lonnie Jordan from the band War, and you are listening to T.C. Martin. And now I forgot what he told me to tell you. (laughs) He's lying to you all. He's lying. Thank Tracy Murray for uh, being with us here today. Cosmopolitan, the former NBA champion, the pride of UCLA. Talking NBA Finals. Don't forget, NBA Finals game number two takes place tonight. WNBA, our Las Vegas Aces in action tonight against the Seattle Storm. Game one taking place at 4 o'clock. We are live at the Cosmopolitan. It is a football Friday. It's time for the best bets. It's football Friday and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. All right, we're picking our three best college, our three best pro. Ballpark Frank, lead us off. All right, well, uh, starting off with the college here, and i got to be honest, some of these lines scared me. There's gigantic lines, and backdoor covers always bother me when I'm laying too many points. So uh, I went with some of the more conservative lines. Uh, first game for me is Texas minus 11.5 against TCU. Uh, I think Texas, uh, this is a game that I'm not going to say they've circled, but they certainly want to look good. You're supposed to beat the teams that you should beat. Uh, 11.5 is a lot, but compared to a lot of lines this week, it's not as big as some of them. I'm also going with um, Auburn, taking 6.5 against Georgia. The reason I'm taking that, I know Georgia is ranked a little bit higher, but rankings don't mean anything, as we found out last week, and we seem to find out every week in college. I just can't trust a team that has three starting quarterbacks. Uh, The Georgia Bulldogs still can't decide what quarterback they want to use. So I'm going to go with Auburn. I think this is a big game for them. They win this game. They're going to crack into the top five. 
Of course, we know you want to get into the top four to get into that playoff series, so I think this is a big game for Auburn, and Georgia, their offense looked really, really discombobulated, not knowing exactly who the QB was. Then the last game that I'm going to take, I'm going to take TC, uh, SMU, excuse me, SMU plus two and a half against Memphis. I know Memphis is ranked a little bit higher, and they are the home team here, but Memphis has sat the last two weeks because they've had games canceled because of COVID. They haven't played, so they're 1-0. and SMU didn't look great their first week, but they've been proved the last two weeks. I'll take a team that's 3-0 and because they've played more games, so I'm going to take SMU over Memphis. All right, Double B, what do you got? Well, you know, I, I end up with three favorites this week, mm-hmm. so uh, very unusual for me, but I, I there were some really high lines that I think that, that fit right in. One was Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma laying less than a touchdown, 6.5 at Iowa State is a really nice play. Uh, yes, they blew that big lead last week, and they have had trouble keeping leads, but they turned the ball over four times with their new QB, and I think they're going to come back with a lot bigger effort. Out first down to K-State, 28-10. to uh, Last year, they were up 42-21 in this game and just barely held on, so there's going to be no look ahead here, and they're going to come back with a real fiery effort. Seven points seems real easy for me. Uh, the next two are pretty big spreads. I'm going to take a game that I know you're on. I'm going to take Alabama. How? How'd you know that? <laughs> because you're always on Alabama laying less than three touchdowns. Uh, A&M was terrible last week. Yes. Uh, Alabama could have named their number. They really rested in the second half. But you got back to Ord last week, as, as you know mm-hmm. that's there. 17 at home. I think it was good to see that Alabama uh, give up those scores last week uh, because this week they're going to stay focused at home, and I think you're going to see a real, real big effort. They won by, I think, 19 last year without right. even trying. So. Uh, the last one I'm going to go to, I'm going to stick with Mississippi State. Arkansas looked dreadful in the second half against Georgia. They couldn't do anything with the ball. Mississippi State, th- these guys are not prepared for Mike Leach. I mean, the guy had 600 yards passing the ball right. against LSU. That was no fluke. They gave up the lead and, and tied it up, and then King went back to win by 10. They roll against Arkansas. All right. Uh, you're right, my man. I'm going with Alabama. I'm laying the 17 <laughs> against AM. This is more of a play against AM. Yeah. Never like Kellen Mond. Their quarterback, he's a turnover machine. Last week, they defeated Vanderbilt 17-12 to in a sloppy win. They were favored by 31. Yeah, we and talked they, about that. Yeah, and they won by 17-12. Mons missed half of a dozen throws. He fumbled three times. Uh, this guy has never played well in a big game. So I like the tide here. Bama is a machine. Last week, they rolled over Missouri. Uh, they're solid on both sides of the football, as we know. So many weapons. And the Bama D will make it miserable for Mons. 20,000 fans will be in attendance wearing crimson and white. So they'll get to come in and check it out. I like Alabama. Navy and Air Force. I Here we go. The first game of the Commander-in-Chief uh, trophy along with the Army. But Navy favored by six and a half. I love the middies in this one. It took Navy a game and a half to realize they were actually playing tackle football games. You remember what happened against BYU. And then last week they came out really slow against uh, Tulane. Then boom. Here comes 27 unanswered from the Naval Academy. Air Force is a mess. They have this team, at, uh, they have this term, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, called the turnbacks at the academy. Well, what turnbacks means is for players that decide to leave the academy for a semester for medical reasons, COVID be in this case. Well, this has decimated their roster. At least 20 guys went the turnback routine. The defense is most hampered. Quarterback Donald Hampton, he's out. He was a two-year starter. And they have labeled him as not in good standing with the academy. That's never a good thing. Uh, special teams, uh, Troy Cahoon says, we don't know what we're going to do with special teams. We don't know. We don't have the players for that. So Navy won 34-25 last year. I like the Naval Academy. This line opened to pick them. It's already up to six and a half. What does that tell you? Auburn and Georgia, I'm with you, Frank. I, I like uh, 
I like a War Eagle Tiger plus six and a half. Georgia has uh, major quarterback problems. You mentioned three quarterbacks. Well, Kirby Smart said, we've got four quarterbacks. He's not sure what to do here. So uh, Georgia lost a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Last week, they averaged only 2.9 yards rushing the football. I like Auburn plus the points. I think the wrong team is favored in this one. NFL side, ballpark, hit us. All right, in the NFL, uh, a lot of real good uh, lines this week, so it was tough to take them all. But uh, I'm actually going to go with Jacksonville plus three at Cincinnati. I think the Jags are uh, looking like they uh, could maybe get a win here on the season. I'm going to take Houston minus four against Minnesota, and I'm doing that strictly because Minnesota hasn't basically practiced this whole week because of the COVID and having to shut down the facilities. I believe they weren't even allowed in the facilities until Thursday, so maybe it's time for Houston to finally get a W. And then I hate doing this every week, but I want to win my bet, so I'm trying to literally do the best bets. Going to take those lousy Packers again. Packers minus seven on Monday night. Uh, I will take them against... uh, in their game on Monday Night Football against Atlanta, Atlanta should could be four and zero. Instead, they're you know or three and zero. They're they're on three. They can't win games. But uh, maybe the Packers will finally lose, and then I'll have a reason to hate them. <laughs> Green Bay, Frank, we're calling you. There you go, Green Bay. Frank. All right, Double B. I'm gonna go with Showtime, Sean Porter's Cleveland Browns. <laughs> uh, they run the ball. They play hard, and I think they're gonna go into Dallas. They're gonna get a win. You're getting four and a half. Take the Browns. I like the Dolphins, getting six and a half. Seattle's got to go across the country. They played Thursday. They get a few extra days. They looked real good against Jacksonville. I'll take the uh, the Dolphins. Uh, lastly, I'm with the Patriots. I think they I think they're going to go in to Cleveland or to uh, KC and win that game. Uh, seven points. I'll take it all day long. All right, Baltimore, Washington. The Ravens were embarrassed last week. Lamar Jackson ineffective. Through for only 97 yards. This is a great spot. Baltimore gets back here. I'm going to lay 14. I have no problem doing it. Uh, they're motivated to get back on track here, and they got a very friendly opponent. Washington, very inconsistent, as we know. Last week gave up 17 straight points on two different occasions in that game against Cleveland. And uh, Chase Young, their best player on defense, is doubtful. Can't see that D without Young slowing down the Ravens. So I'll lay two touchdowns with the Ravens. The Saints, I know we're going to say about the Saints, they've looked bad the past two weeks, but this is their get-back game, too. I'm going to lay four and a half with the Saints at Detroit. Uh, they're not facing Aaron Rodgers this week. They're, they're facing Matthew Stafford instead. Detroit has all kinds of problems on defense, especially in the secondary. I think uh, this is a good spot for the Saints. Oh, by the way, when the last time they played Detroit, they scored 52. So I'll lay it with New Orleans. And finally, I'm going to lay some more chalk here. Rams and the Giants going against the garbage here. This has all the makings of a route. Uh, Giants quarterback Daniel Jones has been sacked nine times already this season. He's 3-12 and 12 as, a, as a starter. And the Rams, we talked about them falling uh, behind 28-3 at Buffalo last week. Not going to happen. I think they write their own score. I'll lay 12 with the Rams over the Giants. There we go. All right, I want to thank Tracy Murray for joining us here today, talking a little hoop NBA Finals. Earthquake back in the studio. Numchuck doing a great job here. Double B, Cosmopolitan, no better spot. No better spot to be. You got it, man. Any day of the week. You got it. All right. Ballpark, good luck to you. You're on fire. Keep it up, man. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see how it plays out. You know, the lines make it interesting. There you go. All right. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Go check out the best bets. We have Scott Spritzer, Matthew Holt, our good friend Adam Joseph at Opportunity Village, our big supporters as well, too. All of our picks are on the website under the tab of best bets at tcmartinshow.com. We're back at the Cosmopolitan each and every Friday. And we're back in the studio on Monday recapping NFL Week 4. 
So enjoy your weekend, everyone. Have a great time. Get to the Cosmopolitan. Have some great food. Come by the sports book. And we will catch you next week right here.